It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com, or give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, from Sports Illustrated, is our friend Chris Mannix. Hi, Chris. What's going on, guys? Hey, we're just loving playoff basketball being back. And, uh, you know, Jazz fans disappointed they came up on the short end of, of game one to the Nuggets. But, man, what a game. Exciting and really a historic performance from Donovan Mitchell. What would you think? Yeah, really uh, a great performance from start to finish. Um, you know, he had to assume a lot of responsibility in that game, whether it was playmaking as as a point guard defensively on Jamal Murray and, of course, scoring. And he stepped up. I mean, he was – he was excellent, and you know there were points of time during that game that I thought the Nuggets could have blown it wide open, but I thought the Jazz did a great job in the first half, keeping it closer than maybe it should have been. Um, and then in the second half, uh, you know, climbing back into it. Uh, so I think uh, you know you've got to be optimistic if you're the Jazz. You can hang in there and, and win the series. Looking forward at the at the uh, sort of. Uh influence or effect that Donovan Mitchell can have on this franchise moving forward. Do you think he's knocking on the door of going from being an all-star to being a star's star, uh, a superstar? Well, he's certainly on the path, um, you know, playoffs determine that and how well, you know, guys perform in these types of situations. I mean, that's, that's obviously a, a great start to play the way he played in this opener uh, but he's going to have to keep doing, it, especially with Mike Conley out for Game Two, and um, you know you can't fall into an O2 hole and expect to win a series like this. It's just you know much too difficult. So you know it's I, I think he's definitely trending in that direction. He's been doing that ever since he came into the NBA. But um, I think it's going to take you know winning one series, two series, and, and keep progressing in the playoffs to to really get that designation. One other question on that, Chris. Do you think a team has to have a player like that, right? You've got. If you look back over the last four decades of championship teams or contending for championships, you have to have a superstar in order to be in that category, don't you? Yeah, more often than not, um, you know, there are a handful of examples of teams that that didn't. I mean, top of my head, the, the Pistons from '04, probably one of those examples. Uh, but you, know, you do have to have that go-to guy who can get you a bucket. And Kawhi Leonard, you know, de- de- developed into that in San Antonio, and became that guy. Um, and just go down the list. Somebody is says somebody steps up and becomes that player for championship-level teams. And yeah, Mitchell's going to have to be that guy. Um, you know, the Nuggets, ironically, are one of those teams that's trying to win without that guy. Even though Jamal Murray, every time he plays, he really seems to establish himself as someone that could be that type of player as well but you know i just keep going back i mean the responsibility on donovan mitchell in this series is huge i mean he's he's got to do a lot of different things especially with conley out of the lineup you mentioned jamal murray and we you know of course we enjoyed the special performance from donovan but he was awfully dang good too uh down the stretch which what are your thoughts on his career trajectory and are he and Jokic good enough together that you could build a championship team around those two down the line 
Oh, I think you definitely can. And what helps the Nuggets is that they continue to hit on these draft picks, especially the mid-level ones. I mean, you know, their entire roster is constructed largely of non-lottery picks. You know, guys that were either you know, acquired via trade or undrafted free agents. I'm talking about guys like Torrey Craig and, and others that that fill out that roster. Uh, Jokic, second-round pick. They did it again this year with, with Michael Porter Jr., who didn't play that well in the opener, but it's his first playoff game in his rookie year. Uh, but you can clearly see with him that he has the ability to develop into that kind of – you know, Jason Tatum type of player down the line. So, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be able to do it. I mean, they're, it'll be interesting how they keep that team together in the years to come because it's going to get awfully expensive uh, down the line. But, you know, they have the ability to package two or three players to, to go out and get one, uh, do a lot of different things. So, yeah, I think that the future is really bright in Denver with all those young players. Speaking of that, Chris, would you break down Jokic's game? I mean, is, is there a more multifaceted big man in the game? It's hard to find one, that's for sure. Um, and he's a handful for Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy's so good at defending the interior and changing shots on the inside. But, you know, we saw in game one, and we've seen it in some of their matchups in the past, when, when Jokic steps outside and, and shoots perimeter shots, he's tough for Rudy to keep up with. And I would expect more of that, you know, in game two, where he just kind of floats those jumpers over him, you know, extends beyond the three-point line, drives, uses that body position to get to the basket on Gobert. So that, that to me, is one of the more fascinating center matchups in all of basketball, not just in the, uh, in the postseason. So, I mean, he's, he's just incredibly versatile. You see, they run plays where he collects the ball in the backcourt and operates as the point guard. I mean, there's, there's no center in the game that does that. It, you know, very few ever that have done that. I mean, his, his versatility is, is incredibly unique. So uh, you've, you've really got to develop a game plan to not just keep him off the, the point totals, but you can't have him racking up eight, nine assists to go with 13, 14 rebounds because he can control a game that way. Chris Mannix is with us from Sports Illustrated on 97.5 and 1280 Zone. And Chris, I apologize if I missed your official playoff picks, but how far do you see this series going? I think this is one of the more unpredictable ones, so I can see it going seven games. I mean, when I made the pick, I didn't know that Conley was going to be out for the first two. Um, and that certainly changes things. Um, you know, the expectation is he's going to be back on, on Friday to potentially play in a game three from what I'm told. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, to me, it's a pickup one. I lean towards Denver at this point, largely because of Conley. Um, and that's what makes this, this game two kind of do or die for the, uh, for the, for the jazz. I mean, it's not about home court advantage or anything like that, obviously, but, you know, falling into an O2 hole and best of seven, that's, that's, it's historically incredibly difficult to dig yourself out of, even outside of these unique circumstances. So uh, the Conley uh, departure really hurt them, and you could see it in that game one where Mitchell had to do a lot offensively. Uh, and with him out again, it's going to be another one that's tough for them to win. What the heck happened in that Magic Bucks game, Chris? I, I, how do you explain that? Yeah, I didn't see all of it because I was at some practices earlier today. But, I mean, this is just a continuation of bad Milwaukee defense. Um, you know, they've that defense before the pandemic hit was, you know, at historic levels. I mean, they were, you know, leading the NBA in, in, in defense efficiency by the widest margin ever um, by that metric. So, you know, they, they come into the bubble and, you know, their, their points per 100 possessions are 10 points higher. And that's just – it's a remarkable, you know, departure from what they've been and you saw it again against uh, Orlando and again I didn't see the whole game but you see the Magic shooting almost 40% from three almost 50% from the floor 
Well, some teams do against Milwaukee. So, you know, look, you know, an easy uh, thing to say is that the Magic won game one against the Raptors last year, and the Raptors, of course, we know what they did. Uh, but, you know, Milwaukee, you've got to have some alarm bells going off there because this is now the ninth game that their defense has failed them. And that's not an aberration. That's a trend, you know, for, for a team that, you know, you just wonder, do they start to, to get a little anxious knowing they're the favorites, the whole stuff with Giannis this offseason? Um, you, know, you, you know, you don't want to say it's do or die in game two, but there's, a lot, there's again, a lot of pressure on them going to that second game. Kind of on a similar note, Chris, uh, looking at the Lakers and Portland series, you know, I'm kind of talking myself into Portland having a good chance in game one because they've had the pedal down, you know, for for this entire process in the seeding game and the seeding games and the Lakers, you know, they've kind of they wrapped up that number one seed and kind of strolled through those games. Do you think they can turn it on right away or are they vulnerable in game one? I think the Lakers are vulnerable in game one and, you know, game everything for this entire postseason because they are uh, a team with weaknesses. I just wonder with the, the Blazers, you know, they, they have a great backcourt, but, but how do they defend Car- How do they defend LeBron? And with Zach Collins out of the lineup too, I mean, how do they defend Anthony Davis? I mean, all of a sudden, Carmelo Anthony becomes their most important defender. And I, I can't bet on a team that has Melo as its most important defender. I think it'll be interesting because – you know, Lillard and McCollum can you know erase a six or eight point lead in a matter of minutes, uh, but you know when it comes down the stretch, I mean getting stops is going to be a real problem for them. It's been a problem for them all all postseason. I mean they've you know they, they've played a tough schedule at times, but even their less tough opponents they they've been giving up a lot of points to. And I can see the Lakers just teeing off. But look, LA they haven't shot the ball well at all. I mean they're they're going to rely on somebody whether it's Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith. Neither one of them have made more than twenty three percent of their shots or three. Uh, Danny Green hasn't been great, and you're banking on Kyle Kuzma to be the same guy we saw in the seeding games uh, during this playoff. So they're they're a vulnerable team. I just I think the the Blazers their flaw is going to be perimeter defense, and and I think that's one the Lakers can really exploit. What's your reaction, Chris, to the Mavericks Clippers result and uh, Luka Doncic? I mean, forty two point seven boards, nine assists. Yeah, he was great. I was at that game, too, and he just ran out of gas at the end. I mean, he couldn't do anything offensively or defensively uh, at the very end of that game, and, you know, they're going to have to get him some help. Now, some of that help will obviously be Porzingis, you know, presumably won't get tossed again, you know, out of uh, this next game, but, you know, that's, you know, Doncic, as great as he is, as young as he is, he can't do everything for that group, and somebody else is going to have to to step up and make plays, especially when Luka is staring down some combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all game. Uh, so I, that was my big takeaway. I mean, a great game by, by Doncic, but, you know, he, the, the, the lack of energy I saw in him at the end of that game where he's doubled over on the sidelines or, or, or just kind of, you know, coasting around on defense trying to preserve some energy. Like, he can't – you got to help him out in, that, in, in a series like this, and Porzingis is the one guy that's going to be counted on to do it. Chris, as always, we appreciate the insight, the info, and look forward to our conversation next week. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, our friend from Sports Illustrated for your NBA Daily Assist. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.